0: Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast.
1: The obvious connection probably would be whoever wants him, right? Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, presented by Progressive Insurance. You just heard Adam Schefter say the obvious connection would be Southern California, where he's a home. We'll go to Southern California to talk about Kobe Bryant here in just 10 minutes, celebrating the life and legacy of Kobe Bryant one year since his passing. Two-hour special today on ESPN. At 2 p.m. Eastern, Keyshawn J. Will Zubin presented by Progressive Insurance. All of our guests on the Goodyear hotline, including a guy that did a documentary on Kobe Bryant, Spike Lee, who is coming up key in 29 minutes. I'll finally learn my lesson. Spike Lee on the way, the legendary director to talk about Kobe Bryant. Let's start by talking about Aaron Rodgers. Jeff Saturday was talking on our show earlier this morning. You can find it on the podcast. hour number two later on, if you want to download it, Jeff essentially said. Listen. If there is a level of friction between the Packers and Rodgers, this is how extreme it would have to get if Rodgers were to get out of there before 2023 when his contract is done.
2: He's going to have to show me he's willing to retire. the The one thing that
0: goes against Aaron that that, like you said, Deshaun has the advantage
3: is age, right? I mean, I mean, you're talking about Deshaun Watson being one of the youngest. And, and best quarterbacks in our game who you know on the landscape of the whole has many, many more good years barring some catastrophic injury, right? From Rodgers' perspective, it's, it's, it's not that. The upside, as, as strong as it is for the next four or five years, once you kind of get past that, you don't have that same leverage.
1: A dozen years in age, Key, separating Deshaun and Aaron Rodgers. Well,
3: he, he still has some leverage, not the type of leverage that Deshaun has in terms of the value in trade back. Right. I mean, Deshaun can Deshaun could demand more or the Texans, for that matter, can demand more because he's younger. But there's still a lot of value the Green Bay Packers can get back if, in fact, this was a trade partner, so to speak, that was out there. Think about it for a minute, though. Uh, We mentioned Adam mentioned whatever the West Coast and you mentioned, you know, a place he had out there and. He can go up the highway, PCH, the 405 to the 101 and be in Thousand Oaks in minutes. Not a problem. Here's the interesting caveat to that, though. Guess who was coaching Jared Goff with the Rams before? Who's this? LaFleur.
1: Ah, right. Matt LaFleur was an
3: assistant coach with the Rams under Sean McVay. So Mm. does Matt LaFleur want that back in return? Mm. Like, because you got to get him back in return. Does Matt LaFleur, would you get rid of Aaron Rodgers for Jared Goff, along with a bunch of picks and other stuff? And the Rams have been known to make huge trades, whether it's Jalen Ramsey or Tlaib or Marcus Peters. I mean, they've done – Les Snead has done some things in terms of trying to build that team and bring them into the future. So if that's something that Aaron Rodgers is looking at and, it, and, it, and the Rams would explore it, hey, might be an opportunity there.
0: Do we I, lose, Jay? I, 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 oh. No, no, I'm here. I'm here. I, I think I'm, I'm just processing everything. Like, I'm processing, like, the how massive of a move that would be. Because at the end of the day, you know, if Aaron wants to make this move, I, I, I mean, Zubin, have we ever seen a quarterback of his magnitude? I know we're kind of watching this with Deshaun Watson, but have we ever seen a quarterback of his magnitude say this is over, like I'm done, I'm out of a situation like this. I mean, other than Tom Brady, I mean, I know that he, but it, it was different, right? Con- Tom Brady's contract was up at that time. Um, this is a little bit different.
1: Right. Brady, of course, did it on his own volition. Another point to Key, I mean, listen, I mean, who else loves giving out big money contracts more than the Rams? That's another thing, right? Well,
3: yeah, the Rams will, the Rams will absorb his contract and extend him if they needed to. They'll find the money. That's not a problem. The problem is... What happens to the quarterback that they've already given the money to? That's just one team, right, and, and the reason because of California relationship. But then there's a the team, if you go further up north, near his hometown, which is about, oh, I would probably say hour 30 south of Chico, uh, which is Palo Alto, Santa Clara area where the 49ers are at and located. Maybe there's a a spot there, the San Francisco 49ers.
1: They've had a couple good quarterbacks.
3: Because what what you can do to make things work right, you can trade for him. You could trade Jimmy Garoppolo back to the New England Patriots if they want him or whoever else wants him. So you could move chess pieces around. I mean, there's no question. Same thing with Jared Goff. If they don't want Jared Goff in Green Bay because they drafted Jordan Love, you can move Jared Goff somewhere else and get that pick. You know, let's say... I'll take New Orleans one, or, or what? I just use New Orleans as an example. Hypothetical. yeah. Hypothetical. I'll use. I'll take your one. You could have Jared Goff. Now I'm going to give that one to Green Bay for Aaron Rodgers, along with some other stuff. Now come here with us, Aaron Rodgers. So. You can you can manipulate it a lot of different ways.
1: The amount of quarterback movement, Jay, this offseason could be unbelievable. Whether Rodgers is realistic or not, we know Deshaun wants out. Matt Stafford is likely going to get dealt. He's got an unofficial broker deal with the Lions. You wonder if Matt Ryan's time is running out. Jimmy G essentially is free and clear. Our Mike Tannenbaum told us yesterday the Niners are very disappointed in him. Sam Darnold. Oh, by the way, Cam Newton. This could be an incredible quarterback carousel this offseason.
0: Right, th- this... This kind of reminds me of what the offseason was a couple of years ago in the NBA, where it's like we're following around Kawhi Leonard on planes. We're wondering what what team all these guys are going to go to. Uh, It just feels like that that Mike Tannebaum said it correctly. It feels like the NFL is finally moving in a direction of player empowerment where guys are recognizing that they have all the clout, and it doesn't matter, even though the league's been more conservative over years past, uh, when guys have brand names, when they want to get to locations they potentially want to get to, they can force the hand of the team. It's
3: so it's so amazing, Zubin, when that happens. I, I remember when uh, Kobe Bryant was thinking about leaving the Lakers to go maybe potentially to Chicago or play for the Clippers. I was
1: like... <clears throat> No, he's not doing that. Why would you ever go to the enemy? And one thing you wanted to quickly mention, Andy Dalton, the best insurance policy in the league, or at least we thought a couple of quarterbacks surprised us in a backup role like Wolford and Heineke. But the Cowboys did give Dalton a one year, $3 million deal, and he has been proven to be effective when needed.
3: So now he gets into the marketplace. You just never know.
1: Indeed. You never know who might show up in a This Is Sports Center commercial. Myself, like many of you listening and watching this morning, have always sort of said, wow, it would be great to be in a This Is Sports Center commercial. <laughs> he lived that experience and did so with the late, great Kobe Bryant. Tell us about that story. That must have been, uh, you know, done a lot of great things in your career, but that was memorable because it came really at the front end, right?
3: Yeah, no, it was, it was the beginning of, of both of our careers. We were drafted both in 1996 and both young and skinny and peanut heads and all of those sort of things. And, and uh, when they asked me to do the commercial, I was like, who, who am I doing it with? And they're like, "Oh, we're gonna do it with, with Kobe Bryant and Stu Scott, and you know." I'm like, "Wow, okay, cool. I, I'll I'll love to I'll love to do it." Where's it being shot? At They're like Bristol, Connecticut. I'm like, "Where's that? <laughs> you know, because I don't know, right?" I'm <laughs> like, "Where's that?" They're like, "Uh, it's a couple hours from New York." All right, all right, and all right, I'll do it. And so along the way, we go. You know, I go up to to Bristol, Connecticut, because we're in New York. They bring us up to Connecticut. We shoot the commercial come back to New York and and hang out. Um, Do we have a commercial? We do.
1: Here it is for those listening and for those watching.
2: As part of our relationship with the NFL and the NBA, we educate first-year players on how to deal with us, with the media. It's kind of like our own rookie camp.
4: All right, you guys have money, but you don't
5: have attitude. You're too nice. It's pathetic. You're the man. Say it. You're the man.
3: I'm the man. I'm the man. Come on, man. got to be like, I'm the man. I'm the man. Always refer to yourself in the third person. Keyshawn did. Kobe did. Just cuss, man. Just cuss like a sailor. That's in now. They can bleep it out later. You got to say, that's a call. <laughs> We're making a difference, and you can see it every day. Great teachers there, huh? It worked out a little bit for <laughs> both of us in terms of learning from them, Will, or how to, how to do things, right? In terms of getting at the refs or whatever the case may be, because I certainly. Have used some of that same language, and I know Kobe did too as well. But you took it,
0: that seriously, Key. You huh? took that course seriously.
3: Oh, I mean, hey man, they're teaching me. What did I know, right? I mean, it's just it was fun though to be able to be in that commercial with Kobe Bryant. And after the fact, we came back to to uh, to New York. I went, and got cut up uh, by somebody here in New York City, and we're at the hotel. So I, you know, me, I'm a little older. I'm coming out of college. He's coming out of high school. Right. And it's the summertime, and I'm like, I'm getting ready to go out, right, Jay? So I go out, and my phone rings. He like, yo, where you at? Basically, I'm like, I'm at the club, you know, I'm getting it in, man. What's happening? He like, oh man, you left. I'm like, come down. So we go. I mean, he comes. I'm like, just hit me, hit me, you know, basically when you out front. So we uh-huh. it. He comes, whatever, from the hotel. They wouldn't let him in. Now, mind you, it ain't Kobe Bryant, Kobe Bryant. It's just yeah. a little skinny cat from high school. He had his high school ID. <laughs> they wouldn't let him in. You know, I tried. You know, I tried my best to get him in. But they was like, nah, man, uh-uh. You, nah, we get it. We, we understand who you are, and we get who he is. He got drafted. We get it. But he got a high school ID. I'm like, of course he would come with a green high school ID.
0: Tell you though those New York City clubs are different, man. I've seen Aaron Rodgers stand outside a club as well. Like it, but this uh, was
3: way back. Think about it. this was way back in 1996. So they really had no leeway. Nowadays, you go inside of a club, they letting anybody in. But back then, they just wasn't doing it. But I learned a I learned a lot from Kobe, man. Just in general, through our times together. We were flying one time up to uh, – we had a, a Adidas appearance up in Portland, Oregon. We had to do something. I don't remember exactly what it was, but both of us came out. We signed with Adidas, Sonny Vaccaro. And so um, we're on the plane signing autographs. And so I don't know, it might have been 20 or so items that mm-hmm. needed to be signed. I looked over. He was already done. And mm. I'm like, the hell he get done so fast. And so I'm signing Keyshawn Johnson – number 19 the full john Hanks the full john. whole deal <laughs> and he's like you, you, what, what are you doing i'm like man i'm he's like why are you take so long i'm like because i gotta sign my name i gotta do it the right way he's like you don't have to do it like that no more let me show you so his was just kobe 8 mm-hmm. so i'm like oh okay so i changed my autograph signature forever now it's just Keyshawn 19 because mm-hmm. it was Like that, Mm. I ran through the thing so fast. He's like, you're learning something from me.
1: Yeah, and speaking of eight, if you're watching this this morning on ESPN News, I just want to mention, I know the majority of you are listening to us, but Key is sporting a sweatshirt today that's got an eight for Kobe Bryant right on his chest. On the left, he's got 24 Kobe's other number. And on his right sleeve, he's got the number two for Gigi Gianna, Kobe's uh, daughter who also died. In that plane crash, and we should mention, last thing I just want to say, we live in this Hollywood world where everybody's dating Who and everybody's a reality TV star. If you're old enough to remember how big of a deal it was, and I don't want to date myself, when Kobe took Brandy to the prom, yeah, that was like a gigantic, gig, that was before TMZ, before all this stuff, but that was just one of those moments where like, this dude is 18, he's taking one of the biggest Moesha. pop stars, Moesha, mm-hmm. she had a TV show, Moesha Brandy. She's taken him to the prom. It's a gigantic story. He's out there with the sunglasses. I mean, it was he was one of a kind and we'll always remember him. We're gonna get some memories this morning with Spike Lee coming up. He'll be here in about 17 minutes. He did a huge documentary on Kobe. For now, we're joined by ESPN.com senior writer Ramona Shelburne, who I think of everybody on the staff here at ESPN as his dyed wool. Angelino as anybody, as much as key. And she joins us this morning on the Goodyear Hotline. She knows the Southern California scene like nobody else. She was there at the crash site. And I remember her emotional reporting. It seared into my mind, holding that microphone in her left hand, like she always does, trying to give us details when the details were so scarce. Ramona, good morning. It's great to talk to you. I wish it was under better circumstances, but this is a celebration of Kobe's life. Um, what do you remember about that moment with your relationship? I know you talked about it with me on the air a year ago. You had a complicated relationship with Kobe Bryant. A year later. Good morning. How are you
5: guys? Um, you know, I it's interesting today. Like, there's a part of me that's um, you know really sad just thinking about you know, what I, where, exactly what I was doing one year ago today, right? Like, I remember where I was standing. I remember where I was, you know, how I saw the news alert pop up. I remember shaking and, and you know, putting myself together and just kind of driving off the crash site, which was actually, I mean, it was weird. It's like I live um, pretty close there, uh, you know. Key I live out in the valley um, in, uh, in Los Angeles, and the crash site was just, you know, basically, you know, 10 minutes from where I grew up. And you know, 15 minutes from where I live now, right? And and I was like, oh, I know exactly got that is. And, and I was like, oh man. And then I, you know, it, it's weird thinking about that day because it feels like a you know really long time ago. But it, I also remember every second of it very distinctly, right? So I think everybody, when we we all remember where we were when we heard, right? It's one of those events that you're gonna remember exactly where you were. Um, but I don't feel this this like, this day is going to be or should be a day that haunts us, right? I think it was, um, I really don't think that's what Vanessa would want and um, her, her kids. She's made that really clear. Um, and I also, I don't think that's what Kobe would want. I really think, you know, he, as much as this was such a tragedy, I think it also gave us a moment to fully appreciate his life um, because of, you know the incredible life he led and and the legacy. I mean, how many times, Zubin, do you do you like you're walking around like people who aren't even into sports, like they'll just be like they'll reference Kobe, like they know what the Mamba mentality is. It's just become part of our cultural lexicon, right? I mean, it's just it's you know I just say Kobe up, you know, or like Mamba mentality, and people people get it. Like I remember my mom's friends who don't even watch basketball would call me or. In a yoga class or something. You know, like, it was just that's, – that's kind of what Kobe is to everybody now. And and I think – that's why I think it's important today um, that we celebrate him and not just – you know, the last couple of days I was thinking, man, I was – I just got back from a business trip. I got into Miami to do a story with Heat. I, I got back the night before. And, like, just how different it was. Even LeBron having that game last night. Um, it was the same day last year. He broke – he passed Kobe on the all time scoring list the mm-hmm. night before. I mean, it was just—it's just, just kind of eerie, but um, but I think it's also a reminder of how larger than life Kobe really was. Ramona, how has things
3: been around the Lakers organization, and how have things been with Jeannie Bus?
5: You know what? Um, it's it's um, it's really heartening to see this actually, but um, they you know they really they check in with Vanessa um on what she wants right on what i mean that's who matters here okay this was the worst day of her life right and they checked in with her i think it was i think it was about a month ago that i i had heard you know this is what this is how vanessa was feeling about this and um you know the lakers were going to take their cues from her and they have the whole time and if you remember the lakers didn't put statements out confirming anything or weighing in on this for a little while, and so they didn't put anything out until Vanessa did. They, they they were like, she should take, you know, she should be in, in in charge of everything that happens now. And I think that's what's really good about it. And I think, you know, them winning the title last year, team where he was so present in everything they did, um, you know, whether it was Anthony Davis hitting that three-pointer and he yells out Kobe right as he shoots it, and, as you know, they, they win the game. Um, to LeBron, it, you know, just kind of channeling him and saying, I'm going to be the, I'll take the torch and be the face of the franchise. Like, they they really feel like Kobe's with them. I mean, I, Rob Palenco, the general manager, has always reflected Kobe. Um, obviously, they're really close friends. Jeannie always mentions him, always references him. And, you know, I, I think that's, I think it's a really beautiful thing that, you know, somebody is gone, but they're just sort of present in the Lakers' lives and, and what they do. But they always, he's always right there with them.
3: Ramona Shelburne, ESPN.com, senior NBA writer and insider, is joining us here this morning on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zoom. And Momo, uh, what was your favorite Kobe moment?
5: <laughs> okay, Kobe moment on the court
3: or Kobe story? Right, give us a combination. All right,
5: all right. Um, I mean, I have a lot, okay? So, the, you know, him on the court. I'll, I'll I'll never forget him making the two free throws after the Achilles. that. That to me is the ultimate Kobe moment because it said everything about him um, and just you know what a larger than life warrior he was. I mean, you know that must have hurt, right? <laughs> like for him, that he knew his Achilles was popped, he knew it was rupture, he was done, and it was his whole career was gonna be the same. And he, you know, later that night, I mean, I remember him sitting at his locker forever doing, you know, interviews or interviews that night, because he just knew, you know, he just, it was just super emotional guts on the floor. He, he went home that night, cried, put this Facebook post out, just, you know, emptied, this, emptied the gut, you know, he just hanged there. And then I remember him telling me, he's like, I was on the, you know, he's like, you got to get it out, you got to, like, cry, you got to, you know, say everything you're feeling, your fears, everything. But at the same time, he was, like, on the phone with Patrick Soonshaw, who is, a part owner of the Lakers. He's like a world-renowned uh, doctor. He, he's invented a bunch of um, medicine that has helped with cancer patients, et cetera. And he, was, he, he basically was on the phone with the doctor at 2 in the morning saying, what, do I, what should I do? And the advice was, you should get surgery on that Achilles as soon as possible. Like, in other words, you went home with a torn Achilles, and you should come to the operating room now. And he was on that operating room table at 6 a.m. Because he had to, you know, the advice was, you've got to get in there and operate before the swelling. And I was like, I mean, who's able to do that? To go through the range of emotions but also figure out the best course of medical action like that in that state in the middle of the night and be on an operating room table at 6 o'clock in the morning. I mean, (laughs) there's not a lot of hours in between when he got hurt when he did that, you know, when he had, had the operation up. I so Kobe. Uh, my favorite story somebody told me about him, though, was Brian Shaw, who was his former coach for the Lakers. D. Shaw likes to fish, right? Everywhere he goes, he likes to fish. And he would invite Kobe to come with him sometimes. And, like, one time, I guess, B. Shaw invited him. Kobe was supposed to come, and he didn't show up. And he was like – and Kobe asked him later. He goes, did you catch any? Right? And uh, and Brian was like, yeah, I caught some. I caught some. And he goes, did you eat them? He's like, no, no, I caught him and I released him. And Kobe was like, come on, you, you really, I mean, like he didn't get it. And, and Brian, like, he's like, well, that's so what do we do. We catch and release. And Kobe was like, no, like <laughs> you, you should eat them." And, and Brian was like, why? And he goes, because they got caught. Like, in other words, those fish deserve hmm. to die. They got caught. <laughs> 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 I'm like, that is so Kobe, man. That's only totally the stories
1: Rwanda can provide. It's great, great stuff. I want to mention that this morning, uh, right now, you can download the ESPN Daily Podcast. Ramona spent the podcast talking to the man Kobe affectionately called the big Spaniard, Pal Gasol, Pal Stories, about Kobe Bryant with Ramona, anywhere you get your podcast right now on the ESPN Daily Podcast. Ramona, thank you so much. Great stories.
0: All right, Momo. Thanks, Ramona.
1: Because they got caught. (laughs) Catch and release. Catch and release. It's just like a basketball shooter. Catch and release. Catch and release. Ramona Shelburne on the Goodyear Hotline. Thanks, guys. Thank you, Ramona. Great to see you. Just a reminder. Um, the latest 30 for 30 Al Davis versus the NFL looking back on the long running feud between the Raiders owner Al Davis and NFL commissioner Pete Rozelle two of the most influential figures in the history of pro football beginning in the mid 1960s when Rozelle was the NFL's young commissioner and Davis led the rival the upstart AFL and continuing through the 1980s when Davis waged a lawsuit against the league to allow him to move the Raiders from Oakland to Los Angeles. The two Titans were constantly and very publicly at odds. Al Davis and Pete Rosell, The latest 30 for 30. Al Davis versus the NFL. Premieres February 4th at 9 Eastern on ESPN. And immediately following its debut, you can check out the Jalen and Jacoby After Show podcast where the guys will be joined by director Ken Rogers. Listen and subscribe to Jalen and Jacoby, the After Show, wherever you get your podcast. You remember they did this for Michael Jordan in the landstands. They'll do it for Al Davis versus the NFL. On the way... An Academy Award winner, Spike Lee, reflects on an Academy Award winner. Kobe Bryant, Spike is next. Tuesday, Chris Collinsworth will be among my guests as we continue to examine the fallout from Championship Sunday and look ahead to the Super Bowl. That's with me, Greeny, starting 10 a.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio and ESPN+.
4: LeBron back in section in. Here comes the double team. Fall away. Good again! LeBron has 46 when he hits a fall
3: away two-pointer from the right-hand side. And, Michael, this is as good of a performance by LeBron as a Laker as we've seen oh, yet.
1: It's really hard to argue, John Ireland, along with his man Michael Thompson on ESPN LA 710. Lakers with a little home cooking going back to Cleveland last night. LeBron said he saw his mom. He got inspired by Tom Brady, what he did on Sunday, and what LeBron did last night. 46. Oldest Laker with a 40-point game since. Kobe Bryant. His final game when he scored 60. Mamba out. Pardon the pun. We will do the right thing and talk to the legendary director, Spike Lee about his feelings on Kobe Bryant. Great documentary he did about Kobe several years back. We'll talk about a couple more NBA notes. Nets over the heat last night. They finished the game on a 27 run. So it was knotted at 85 and they rolled to a 98-85 win. Durant has been on fire, on fire, at least 20 in 14 straight games. And the NBA and the Players Union talking about the possibility of an all-star game In March, they're circling March 7th. You kind of know the second half of the NBA season right now is really completely up in the air. Mid-season break, March 5th to 10th, about a month or so later than it normally is. Teams have just been all over the place, racked with postponements, 22 games in all have been postponed. Remember how much the league was lauded for the way they handled the bubble and finished the season. Boy, it's gone completely differently in this regular season with no bubble. And SportsCenter is presented by Progressive Insurance. Drivers who save with Progressive save over $750 on average. Man... Jack Buck once made that saying famous in baseball and for all the great NBA broadcasters and Marv Albert, Kevin Harlins, Mike Breen's that have had the opportunity to describe the late great Kobe Bryant. You can only imagine the chills that they have and many of us do remembering the life and legacy of Kobe one year since his passing again today. Two hours special on ESPN at 2 p.m. Eastern time for The Jump, all Kobe, all the time. We are presented by Progressive Insurance, and it's never a bad time to talk to the Academy Award winner, Spike Lee, who, if I'm not mistaken, Spike actually joined us on day one of the program way back on August 17th. He was listening on 98.7 in New York. He gave us a ring, and hopefully he's been liking what he hears. Good morning, Spike. You're an Academy Award winner. Uh, Kobe was an Academy Award winner. You did a documentary called Kobe Doing Work, for those people that may not recall back in, 2009. You have a special relationship with the Mamba. Take us inside that relationship on the one-year anniversary.
2: Well, brothers, thank you for having me on the air on this solemn day. A year ago, our brother's daughter and other passengers perished on the horrific crash. And it seems like this past year has been hell and, it, and, and I'm not trying to blame Kobe and the crash and that, but it just seems like since then the last year it's been hell Corona President Agent Orange 420,000 Americans our sisters brothers Fathers, mothers are no longer here. Didn't have to be that way. So I'm just, I mean, it, 2020 hasn't stopped, you know. Mm-hmm. And then now we're on the one-year anniversary. I'm not going to front. Me and Colby, we're not best friends. I mean, we, the Lakers, you know, Western teams, Western conferences only come to the Garden one time, and I'm not, not in LA that much. But I call them up and I want to do, shoot you. We had 30 cameras on Kobe. 30 cameras. It was against San Antonio Spurs and he was mic'd. And the great, great Phil Jackson gave us access to shoot in the locker room pregame halftime and post. Mm. So what we wanted to do was have Kobe have a running commentary. So we looked at the schedule, and Kobe said, all right, when I come to the Garden, we'll do the commentary after the game. And I said, after the game? You're not going to be tired? He said, look, we're going to do it after the game. (laughs) And that game, February 2nd, he scored sixty-one points, and as we were doing a commentary after the game, at that point it was a uh, the record for a visiting player at the world's most famous arena. He was killing me. And every time Kobe would see me, he would say, "Spike, the Knicks suck." <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and I, what can I say? We just—I knew automatically that's the first thing he would say to me. And then we just laugh and hug. So I'm just thinking about his beautiful wife, his children, his parents, and I don't know how you, you, you really can't get over that. But uh one other thing. When I went to the recording, I had the stat sheet and he signed it for him. He said sixty one points Square Garden, Spike, it was all your fault.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: and I had this framed in my office. Kobe was such a, just a beautiful cat, beautiful. And, and I was very happy for him to win that Cami Award. And I heard your story, you know, about how the one I mean could have on his mantelpiece in his house was that Cami Award. Mm. And, uh, it's just, it's, I'm just sad today. You know, I just flew out of Canada red eye, from L.A. and I really couldn't sleep because I was thinking about being on the air with you guys, and also just the 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 the, the not a lot, but the warm memories I have of Kobe.
0: Spike, you're you're so important for the culture, specifically even in basketball. Uh, he got game and. Things of that sort. How oh, that's another you...
2: thing. I did not offer Kobe the role. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I told everybody, nobody's getting the role. Uh, uh-uh. uh, you got to audition. So, he said he oh, offered the role. I did not. But you know, he he look, Kobe was not off season just important to him as during the season, and he works during the off season on his game and Ray, one of the reasons why Ray Allen got the fart because he knew you have to sacrifice his off season. Ray, the the day we finished filming, he went to camp the next day. So not that many people could make that sacrifice. I understand that. Wow.
0: I was going to ask you how, how important do you think Kobe was for the culture of basketball?
2: Uh, he, I mean, look. There's, there's, the culture is not one person. It's, it's a, a multitude of people who make their mark. And Kobe had that swagger, you know. Jay, you know what I'm talking about. You know, yeah, exactly it's what we do, you. baby. <laughs> I hear you, Spike. I hear you. That's just that's, that's what we do. That's the experience, you know. And we build upon, we build upon it. And, and, and this is what we like to say is that. It's never just one guy because there's always somebody before you. It's not like you just showed up and stuff just started to happen. No, there are people before you. They might be anonymous, no one knows they are, but people have put their lives in line, bled blood, so we, so the people on the next level, the next generation, to keep going. And that's the plan. Let's just keep moving forward, forward, forward. And remember the great ones, but also there are people who make great sacrifices that we never hear of, but if they didn't make the sacrifices, we wouldn't be able to do what we do. The grandfather of African-American cinemas, Oscar Michaud, no one knows who this guy was, but he was producing, writing, and directing movies himself. No one knows, but if it wasn't for him, I wouldn't be here. Melvin Peoples, Ozzy Davis. You know, they're people before you. You just don't show up and like. It happens. Mm-hmm. We're here because people died so we could do what we're doing right now.
3: Spike, you. I, I Without, I have to get this in before I let you go. You've done amazing work you've been involved with amazing work in film for as long as i can yeah, you imagine. know we me and you
2: baby we go way way back oh, way yeah. back and way back baby
3: yes no question but i want to say this last night i watched american skin mm-hmm. that Nate parker that was the best project in my opinion that you've ever been involved with I well, it I would, look, here's the thing. It was crazy
2: good. Here's the thing, though. I, it was just a Spike Lee presentation, but that is a Nate's film. He wrote it, directed, acted in it, you know, and he needed help. I said, okay, you know, if it can't help, let this be a Spike Lee presentation. But I'm very proud of being associated with that film.
3: Man, it was crazy. That's what I said. I, yeah. know, I know you was involved with it, you backed him and all that, but the fact that you saw Exactly what it was? Oh, man, it was yeah. crazy. It had yeah. me in tears, my wife in tears.
2: Well, yeah. as you know, you know, we live in crazy times, and uh, I still can't get, I know this is not a political show, but politics is always in sports. You know what? Forget what people say. Politics is always going to be a part of sports. And also on this flying on the red-eye from L.A. last night, LX LA to JFK just landed this morning. I kept thinking about it, January 6th. I still can't. And five people died behind that. This we're This is like bananas we're living in. You know, we're living in history.
1: And as you know, said, so, yeah, um, well said, 2020 being an extension, moving into 2021, we'll just... Take it day by day. It's the biggest sports cliche of all time. That's all we can do. But it's true,
2: right? Can I just say one thing? I know you got to go. Look, you guys do a great show, a great show. I want everybody listening. Please wear a mask. This Rona, this 19, is no joke. As of today, 400,000 plus Americans are no longer with us. And by Valentine's Day, it's going to be half a million. Wear a mask, please.
1: Well said. Wear a mask. 25 million infected. Hey, one last
2: thing. Orange
1: and blue coming back, baby.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Y'all on your way.
1: Which orange and blue is
2: that, the Mets?
1: Or
0: the Knicks.
2: No, he, the it can't be, the, I, it really can't be the, the Knicks. The world's most famous arena. All right, guys, have a great day. Thank you for having me. <laughs> uh, is it Spike. the
1: Mets? Because it can't be the Knicks. Well, Spike, actually, you know, Spike's a big Yankee guy, right? Oh, can't I know. I'm messing mess <laughs> with Spike. I've been dealing with Spike since I was in high school, man. So, I know. He is great. He is the top of his profession, weighing in on the top of his profession, Kobe Bryant. On the way, Kobe was drafted 25 years ago. So was Key, by the way. But the real number... Lakers fans need to remember this morning, it's 22. I'll explain. You'll enjoy this trip down memory lane, Laker fans.
0: Keyshawn, Jay, Will, and Zubin. I had a little uh, lesson on broadcasting. Keyshawn, I got to get you on this lesson and talk to kids just about how to be a sports broadcaster. How to be like Keyshawn Johnson. Don't do that. No? That's a bad That's a bad message you're sending to the kids. <laughs> you don't want to be like me.
1: Before we let you go, we got the one and only Stephen A. Smith joining us in the studio, first take, 10 a.m. Eastern on ESPN. Walking on our set, man. I think we're walking on his set, to be honest with you. I think this is his house. We're just renting man, it. I ain't, <laughs> man, I don't
3: buy no, that. The come Stephen on, Stephen like that, Zubin. You Better like your mouth.
1: <laughs>
3: I've, been, I've been knowing him when he couldn't even get in my restaurant. I ain't worried about Stephen A.
1: <laughs> Stephen A. is getting the corner table anywhere these days. That's for sure. One more thing, and it's going to focus on one great man. Again, Kobe Bryant, two-hour special ESPN. 2 p.m. Eastern today, ESPN Daily Podcast. Pal Gasol sits down with Ramona Shelburne. We haven't done this over the four hours, and I want to do this. I want to mention everybody that was on that helicopter because, yes, it was Kobe and it was Gigi. But there were other people involved there as when well, and then an amazing story about what 25 years means since the drafting of Kobe Bryant. Obviously, Kobe Bryant was on board. Gianna, who was just 13, was on board John and Carrie Altabelli, their daughter Alyssa, Sarah Chester, her daughter Peyton, and Christina Mauser, an assistant coach because um, John Altabelli was known as a great uh, coach in his day. We should also mention Ara Zobayan was the pilot, and that's a little bit tricky and complicated because was the pilot liable and some litigation that Vanessa Bryan, Kobe's widow, has against uh, the helicopter. But those are all of the people that were on board, including uh, the pilot. I um, want to mention this real quick. So Kobe was drafted 25 years ago. Key was drafted 25 years ago. But if you're a Laker fan, the key number to keep in mind here is 22. There have been great eras of Laker basketball with Wilt, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Showtime, Jerry West, all that. Think about this. Key, you'll remember this well. Jay, you remember this well. In a 22-day stretch in 1996, the Lakers acquired the rights to Kobe Bryant, And got Shaq. (laughs) In 22 days, and I think we all know what that combination led to. Were there some tough times between Shaq and Kobe? Of course. The way Shaq talks about Kobe now, a little bit different. You're in the heat of the moment. 22 days later, they draft Kobe and then get, at the time, what was one of the biggest signings in the history of the nba and they made magic together so while we think about 25 and this june we will celebrate a quarter century of kobe being drafted out of lower marion high school key drafted that year in the national football league i just want to put 22 on the radar for a lot of people 22 days two of the greatest lakers coming together winning those championships key i know that probably means a lot to you as a guy that has followed the lakers since the day you started watching hoops
3: that just it- you know, it speaks to the organization and at the time Jerry West and Mitch Kupchak, they they had a plan. Right. And the plan was to build the Lakers and Dr. J- late Dr. Jerry Buss, to to build the Lakers and get them back to where they belong was trophies. Yeah. I mean that's just what it is. And the you team. see it now with LeBron James, right? They went out, got LeBron A D. That's just that's part of that Laker DNA. Understanding what it is to be champions. Uh identifying talent. Jerry West identified the fact that Kobe Bryant was a talent. You know, at the time, there wasn't a lot of successful high school to NBA guys. I mean, there was like, you could count them on your hand, right? Guys that made that jump that was successful. KG. Yeah, yeah. And so, you know, it was always like, as much as it, you know, I remember having a conversation. I remember having a conversation, Jay. Will, you know, when you think you know talent, and you see it and you go, oh, man, he ain't, oh, <laughs> God, come on, man. They took that? They did that? You know, because he's a rookie. Airball machine. You sit there going, hey. Like, come on, man, Lakers, seriously? And then what? <laughs> well, <laughs> 19 years later, it's like, uh, that's the same guy that was in the commercial with me? You know, it's it's. Crazy.
0: How do you think Charlotte feels, Key? How do you think Charlotte feels? <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. I mean, <laughs> Charlotte you know, drafted huh? him. Charlotte, he's yeah. in Charlotte, North Carolina. But, you got to keep but, him.
3: But no, it, but but still, though, Jay, <laughs> being in L.A. is just something magical about playing for the Lakers. Like, I really never oh, seen. Oh, I understand that. I never, it's so interesting because I've never seen guys that are supposed to be, quote, unquote, like stars, mm-hmm. that go to the Lakers right. and then flop. Right. They always go there and ball out. Even Dwight Howard did okay, even though he had back issues. Right. I mean, when you think about it, guys that come to the Lakers in free uh, agency or, uh, or whatever that's supposed to be starting, they never really yeah. flop.
1: That's fair enough. Final word again to remember Kobe today, ESPN 2 p.m. Eastern time, the jump special. Download the ESPN Daily for Paul Gasol's memories of the Mamba. Greenie is next on many of these ESPN radio stations. See you tomorrow.